0: welcome friends of the square circle podcast and fans of mow i am your host marie shadows and on this episode i will be going over mow thanksgiving that happened on november 27 2021 and i really hope you guys had a wonderful thanksgiving week and you guys ate lots of food and was merry and you definitely had a great time with your family members as it's a time to just reconnect with people after a hellacious two years of being in this pandemic, as you know. And also thank you for listening to this podcast episode, wherever you are around the world. I appreciate all the listens, likes, shares, everything to get the word out about the square circle podcast hosted by yours truly Marie shadows. MOW fusion alpha gives us a, Star studded lineup with amazing matches, the continuation of the Opera Cup and new champions. So let's jump right into MOW Fusion Alpha on Thanksgiving. MOW Fusion Alpha opens up with the Opera Cup semifinals. We have TJP versus Calvin Tankman. If you've been following MOW, The previous week or two weeks ago, Alicia had the scoop with Calvin Tankman, and Calvin is okay to wrestle. He managed to get staples and stitches in the wound that Alex King caused him a couple weeks ago, and he's able to wrestle in this match. Calvin comes out with his head bandaged. And I am surprised that TJP did not take advantage of that target that Calvin has presented him because he has to keep the staples from not ripping during this match. However, TJP approached this match in a very technical way that allowed him to take control of the match, even though TJP is a smaller guy and Calvin Tankman is the larger man and Calvin Tankman has most of the power in this match. I do love calling TJP matches on this podcast only because of the technical side that TJP does in his matches. And you guys know me. I am more for technical wrestlers than I am for just the flips. Because again... If you can't tell me a story with your flips plus technical side of wrestling, then you're going to lose me. You can't just keep doing flips and not think that there's nothing to it and you just want the pop. Like how many people are going to remember your match in a week's time and all you did was flips? People are going to remember the matches that are both a combination of flips and technical side because you told them a story, you kept them invested. Flipping uh, by itself does not keep anyone invested. Sure, you might get the five minute pops, but again, are they going to remember you in a week's time? They're not. And then you have to do that consistently. And if you do that consistently, your longevity in this business is not going to last. That's why we still have some really good wrestlers around because they didn't invest their time and think that all people want are the Flash. Sure, you have your fans that all they want is the Flash, but then you have others that are so used to technical plus a little bit of gymnastics to go along with your repertoire that it makes them feel like it's the cherry on top, you know? So wrestlers out there learn from TJP and learn from others that have a longevity in this business that they know when to take certain risks and know when to pull out any type of flips. Another big person that does this is Will Osprey. Osprey has managed to change up his moveset, even though he added on so much muscle to be a heavyweight, he could still do some of the flips that he's able to do, but he decided to change up everything to not only be in the heavyweight division, but I'm guessing to have longevity in this business. And I only mention Will Ospreay because he's a leader of the United Empire and TJP is part of the United Empire. So it makes sense to include the leader in this too, to give you guys a different perspective of what you should do as a wrestler to make sure you have that longevity. And these are the two examples that I can think of right now for the top of my head that have that style of can do flips, can do technical, and then put it all together. So in the beginning of TJP versus Calvin Tankman, TJP does a drop pick and some added uppercuts to Calvin thinking that if he went straight out the gate, hit him hard and fast, and try to get the upper hand over Calvin, he'll take advantage of the mat. Come to find out, that is not true. That is not the case. Calvin Tankman uses his power and does an Irish whip to TJP, causing TJP to hit the turnbuckles and fall right down to the canvas with that strong power behind it. Calvin Tankman then does some chops to TJP, and then picks up TJP in a one-arm throw that tosses him across the ring. The power and physicality of Calvin Tankman is definitely on display right now with TJP, and TJP is probably thinking of ways to slow down the momentum or use Calvin Tankman's momentum against him. TJP catches his breath and manages to use the headlock to his advantage on Calvin Tankman. The headlock is definitely a simple move. It is highly overlooked and sometimes people are just like so over the headlock that they really don't want to see it. But in this situation, the reason why TJP uses it is to slow down the pace of the match, bring it to his level for him to control not only calvin but also the pace of the match because this is an important match for both of these guys so tjp is using the headlock to his advantage and he's trying very hard to do a takeover on calvin tankman so he could get him onto the canvas and he eventually does he uses the momentum of calvin tankman with the headlock takeover tankman manages to get out of tjp's grip And as Tankman is trying to have some offense against TJP, TJP smartly goes to the outside and allows the referee to start counting to 20. This is getting into the mind of Tankman, even though Tankman is playing to the crowd at this point. TJP is using this smart strategy to recover and to also see if Calvin Tankman is going to take the bait by coming to the outside and trying to attack TJP while TJP may go back into the ring. As we've seen many times before, TJP does get back into the ring only to be tossed across the ring. When he tried to go power for power with Tankman, TJP rolls out and Tankman follows right after him to throw him into the barricade. TJP decides to disappear underneath the ring and out comes Addict's Kane with his new associate. I believe it's Mr. Thomas, as we'll learn a little bit later on in the show. And that catches Tankman's eye. This is the first distraction in this match. As Calvin Tankman goes and search for TJP underneath the ring, TJP comes out and spits water into Calvin Tankman's eye, and we thought that was it. TJP goes for the cover. Calvin Tankman kicks out at two. TJP uses his speed, climbing up the top rope, does a high cross body to Tankman, and then issues some knees to Tankman as well. Tankman is fighting back against TJP until TJP manages to get him into the octopus submission hold and definitely TJP wants him to tap but that's not happening after TJP releases the octopus hold we have Alex Kane and his new associate attack Tankman while TJP distracts the referee this really doesn't do much to Tankman as Tankman runs at full speed and does the pounce on TJP the momentum does send TJP flying, but TJP is not giving up at all. TJP tries to go for a move, but it gets caught by Tankman. And Tankman does a backbreaker and a clothesline combination and goes for a pin over TJP. TJP kicks out of that. Tankman manages to catch TJP in a devastating spinning back fist that stuns TJP. TJP managed to miss another attack from Tankman only to roll him up. Tankman kicks out of that and TJP pulls out a Tornado DDT onto Tankman. Calvin and TJP are fighting a little bit more and TJP has his grip on the turnbuckle. As Calvin pulls him away from the turnbuckle, the turnbuckle rips and... We now have an exposed turnbuckle. TJP is talking with the referee. The referee tries to get the turnbuckle pad off of TJP, and he does. This allows Alex Kane and his associates to take advantage of this distraction and send Calvin Tankman directly into that exposed turnbuckle. TJP goes up to the top rope, does his famous frog splash, and... Covers Calvin Takeman for the one, two, three, and wins this important match. Moving on to the finals of the Opera Cup. So now in the finals, it will be TJP versus Davy Richards. And you guys who are listening to my podcast episode, you don't want to miss that breakdown of that match, which was beautiful. Again, TJP is our winner, advances to the finals of the Opera Cup and... I really did enjoy this match back and forth. There was a really nice story. The outside interference was needed. If you think it wasn't needed or you didn't like it, well, that's how storytelling is done. And that's what should happen. You have two guys that are in this feud. It's going to turn into a blood feud. And as we see later on in this episode, Calvin Tankman definitely wants a piece of Alex Kane just to beat the shit out of him. Probably make him humble and show that Calvin Tankman is nobody to mess with, no matter what. And to have that element there where your rival coming out and messing up your match with the thought of, oh, it's going to be easy to distract them and then the opponent is going to get the victory. But in this match, you saw how tenacious and ambitious. Calvin Tankman was from start to finish no matter how many distractions there were and that's good storytelling because it gets you invested you don't want to see Calvin Tankman go down so easily if TJP would have got the pin by spitting into calvin tankman's face with the first distraction so luckily they stretched this match out enough they had enough distractions they gave you a powerful story of tankman not going anywhere even if the antagonist alex kane is doing everything in his power to disrupt that because Alex Kane felt like he should have been in the opera cup, but unfortunately he's not there. But guess what? In this same episode, he's in a ladder match for the national open weight heavyweight championship title, which I'll get to a little bit later, but this is how storytelling progresses when you actually have people in the back that want to guide this awesome story to the full potential that it can be after that amazing opening to mlw fusion alpha thanksgiving we get a promo by warhorse alicia too is interviewing warhorse warhorse won an award for Hearts unknown and he was complaining about how they misspelled his name because it's supposed to be in all caps and then we have casey navarro coming in and disrupting that and basically wants to face Warhorse and this is what happened. We're going to be getting a match of Warhorse versus Casey Navarro in the next episode of MOW Fusion. And so seeing that promo, I sort of chuckled with the interaction that Warhorse and Casey Navarro had. I am still not sold on Warhorse at all. I enjoy Casey Navarro's work. And I really think that when Warhurst debuted in AEW to try to take on Cody for the TNT Championship title the first time around with the open challenges, I really think AEW fucked up Warhurst. They gave him this hype. Fans give him this hype. And I still don't believe the hype. I'm not on the Warhorse hype train. Okay, great. He's a metalhead. I'm also a metalhead too. He's a reminiscent of the Ultimate Warrior sometimes, but I still just don't get it. How far can you go with that character without it becoming stale? And what kind of amazing stories can you tell me with that character if you have nobody else to be on your same energy? Like, what else can you tell me other than that you're a war horse and that you're a metalhead? Like, what else is there? It's cool. And it's cute for now, but if you are on a grand stage, how do you get that character over by yourself without no fans telling the other fan what you're all about before that unknown fan thinks that this character is trying too hard? MOW might be a really great place for Warhorse to continuously work on his character, evolve his character, and start making stories. Because I truly don't know anything about Warhorse except for him showing up in AEW and now he shows up in MOW. And I want him to grow and expand and possibly evolve his character into something else. Every single character that's out there, whether you're playing yourself or you're not playing yourself, does need to evolve. Like how characters in a novel evolve, your experiences help you evolve your character to have people relate to it and latch on and support. If you're just doing the same thing over and over and over, you know, it's going to get stale. And now we have a different audience. And sometimes the audience does retain the support of like, oh, I'm going to support him because I like him. But if you're not pushing your character to the fullest, to have your fans realize that they can overcome whatever obstacles that they are dealing with, and it's the same character doing the same thing, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Other than that, after the fight breaks out, we cut away and... Emilio Sparks is instigating with Calvin Tankman asking him really tough questions right after his loss with TJP as her interference with Alex Kane and his associate to the point where Calvin has this dude backed up against the wall and basically says that Alex Kane fucked up. Alex Kane should not have been there to distract them and it's going to be all hell is breaking loose On Alex Kane, once Calvin Tankman gets the okay to really beat the shit out of him. We do see throughout the night that Calvin Tankman does go after Alex Kane, but nothing really happens yet. Everyone manages to keep these two apart, and Alex Kane does really talk shit about it, but it's okay. You know, that's what happens. But eventually, we will get Calvin Tankman versus Alex Kane in the future. Now we have our second match of MLW Fusion Alpha, which is Bud Heavy versus Naros Garvin. This is Naros Garvin's debut. And he beats Bud Heavy with a drop kick and a side suplex and a pin one, two, three. And then Naros Garvin cuts a promo, Explaining why he's there. I totally get it. But I am not captivated at all. After this match. We get a Hammerstone. And Holiday promo. Led by Alicia Toot. And I really do love. The chemistry between Hammerstone. And Richard Holiday. They really do have me cracking. A couple laughs. Cracking a smile. It's really wholesome. When they get together. And have a really funny promo and then one of Caesar Duran's minions I'm gonna call him a minion comes and presents them with a gift for winning MOW war chamber and it's a whole thing of Rolexes and Richard Holiday is blinded by the fact that these are 35,000 Rolexes and Hammerstone is not buying any one of them. Hammerstone is like no we're not having this we're gonna send it back and Richard Holliday is just like, yeah, yeah, they're probably fake. It's really good chemistry. They sent the gift back, which, by the way, they should never do that. If a Spanish person or anyone that acts like they're in the mafia... And if they send you a gift and you send it back, that is a no, no. You better have some type of life protection. You better have some type of protection because that is a disrespect in most cultures when you refuse to take their gift after winning something. If you send that gift back, you better pray for your life. That's all I'm saying. And now we come to the main event of MLW Fusion Alpha on Thanksgiving. It is that amazing ladder match for the vacant national openweight heavyweight championship title that Hammerstone once held, but relinquished it once he got the MLW World Heavyweight Championship title. In this match, we have Alex Dully versus Alex Kane versus Zenshi versus Myron Reed, and our mystery competitor ach which by the way i'm saying it right now i am not a fan of ach the same way that i am not a fan of lilo rush just so you guys know this is a ladder match so you know it's going to get crazy and here are some of the highlights in that match that i'm going to be sharing with you guys there is a double suplex by alex kane alex kane is starting off early with his suplex count which I believe he's still doing, even though he has a new associate. Shelly comes in and goes after Alex Kane. ACH helps out, but does a crossbody to Shelly instead. Alex Kane got out of the way. Then she always steals the show when he's in these matches and he tries to jump and grab the belt. His fingers touches that belt as he jumps from the rope to try to grab it without a ladder. That would have been moment of the year if he actually did grab it. Zenshi and Reed get hit with the ladder by ACH and Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley is so methodical and so smooth in his long history career that he does a dragon screw through the ladder on ACH. ACH was trying to climb up to grab the belt. Alex Shelley was like, nope. And then dragon screw. We get a cutter on the ladder. So Myron Reed goes for his cutter, and Zenshi pushes the ladder further in. So that way, when Myron Reed comes down, his back smacks that ladder. Zenshi somehow ends up in between one of the ladders and gets compressed as Alex Shelley hits him with a move, and Zenshi takes the full force of that. Sometime later in the match, ACH does a suplex to Zen Shi. And then we have an exploder suplex on the ladder by Alex Kane to ACH. Everyone is going up the ladder. This is a few moments after everyone decided to beat each other down. They set up the ladders in the middle of the ring. Everyone is climbing it. Everyone is punching each other to try to get some type of advantage to get the belt. Senshi does a head scissors takeover to Myron Reed. And that takes both of them off of the ladder. Alex Kane comes in with a choke on Alex Kelly. So that way, Alex Kelly does not make his way up the ladder. And as Alex Kane is making his way up the ladder, he grabs the title. He pulls it down. And Alex Kane is our new national openweight champion. But there's not really much time to celebrate because Calvin Tankman is not far behind. He comes down the ramp and he's really trying to push his way through the security that's holding him back. And Alex Kane is just smiling at him and thinking of Calvin as a afterthought as he tries to celebrate in the ring of being the new national openweight champion. And that is how MoW Fusion Alpha Thanksgiving ends. With Alex Kane being our new champion. Will Alex Kane be a fighting champion? Who knows? Only time will tell. Will he give Calvin Tankman a shot at that championship title? Probably not. Probably not right away. But am I excited to see Alex Kane versus Calvin Tankman? Yes, I am. Because of the story that they've been telling over the past couple of weeks. MOW is good at telling their stories. MOW is definitely good at piecing together their shows that make it feel like a movie and make it feel worthy of watching it for an hour, even though sometimes I want more. But less is more. That's what I go with. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is my review of MOW Fusion Alpha on Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Square Circle Podcast hosted by yours truly, Marie Shadows. And here are some ways that you can help the Square Circle Podcast out with minimal support. If you enjoy the audio podcasts, please head over to anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast. This will also be available on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. If you are a Spotify listener, make sure to leave a star rated review. Spotify now has that option. If you enjoyed the way that I break down wrestling matches and wrestling altogether, please let me know. It definitely encourages me to do more. And I know that you guys are listening from around the world. And again, thank you for listening to this episode from around the world. If you want the video side of this podcast episode, head over to YouTube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for all notifications and leave a comment. Leave a like. Let me know that you enjoyed this episode, too. That helps out my numbers. That helps out the algorithm. You guys heard this all before. Any support. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. If you want me to continue to talk about professional wrestling and get in on the conversations, head over to Twitter at Marie underscore shadows is where you can find me talking wrestling 24 seven. And one last new thing that I've added on to my list of plugins. I decided to create a Kofi page, KO-FI. This is very similar to Patreon, except that if I meets all of my needs as a creator. I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of talents. And Patreon was not able to help me figure out what I want to give you guys as a give back for all the support you've been giving me. I just want to give it back. So head over to www ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows, where you can definitely continue your support there by picking a membership tier or just giving $3 to buy me a hug for one time only. I hope to see you on social media. Come say hi. I love talking about wrestling and I really do appreciate each and every one of you listening to my podcast, sharing it from wherever you are. You are amazing. And thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.